Pour yourself a tall glass of watered-down iced tea. It's China Spoilers. Welcome to China Spoilers, our weekly podcast discussion of making short films for YouTube while living in China. We are Emily and Peter, and we China vlog under the handle Hello Foreigner. Um, but if you're watching us here, you already maybe know that. <laughs> uh, we are We're coming to fix that the front, our opening. Oh yeah, so says Uncle says, right? Yeah, Uncle yeah. says. We've gone through Uncle a couple, couple names. <laughs> it's a work in progress, like everything. Um, but this is not. This is already in progress. We are coming to you live to tape from lovely Wu Studios in Luzhou, Sichuan, China. In progress. It is a rainy day turning into a maybe sunny day. Mm. I hope uh, you're having similarly changeable weather where you are. And uh, tonight we yeah, are going to... It's a call out to New England. Yeah, and Florida, oh, yeah. <laughs> strangely enough. Tonight we are going to talk about um, discipline, how to establish it, when to break it. And that's our homeschool, film school segment. We'll get to that uh, in the meat of the podcast. Mm. But we're going to get started with a little how's your uncle. Who's your uncle? So it was a week. Uh, the power went out, not in our apartment, but at my school, which is a block away. And so and we, across the street. Across the street. So across the street, that block, the power went out all day Wednesday. And then our apartment, it didn't go out. Um, which is, that happens. Um, and it's common enough. It's not like every day, but it's not like once a year. It's more than once a year, I would say, that the power would go out somewhere. It was a lot more common years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I think that has to do both with general progress, but also that we were living in a school under construction um, years ago. under construction. Yeah. <laughs> and now we live in a place where occasionally, like, apartments get renovated where, in our building where we live now. but. Well, constantly. <laughs> um, but it's far more often that the water will get turned off for that reason. The power just does not go out that often. But it does, it's noticeable that it goes out. But the thing about doing that in China is like life just kind of goes on. Like we've been out at restaurants and the power goes out. And Peter and I go like, woohoo, because, you know, you react. But nobody else in the restaurant reacted. Not um, even lifting a finger. So it is like, does life goes on. And to some degree, I got, I've gotten used to that. To Like, I got to school on Wednesday, and I flicked the light switch, and I was like, oh, guess the power's out. Um, but class as usual. But the, one of the other foreign teachers who is just new here this year was like later was like, does this happen a lot? What do you do? And I was like, I had to be like, oh yeah, I guess like in America, if the power was out in your office, you'd probably go home? At least go down the stairwell. Yeah, there, you'd, 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 you'd make some accommodation. This was just like, I needed a printout. And so they were like, can you wait till Friday? And I was like, 
yeah, I can wait till Friday. But it really is like, you just, you make do. And there is a kind of make do spirit. Kind of because, I mean, China is a, is, is a developing country still. Um, so things are, the infrastructure is not always as strong. Although, watch out America, you're crumbling. <laughs> um, but so there are situations that happen here Whereas, like, if, if they happened in America, it would be, like, you'd write a letter to someone or you'd get, you'd call a manager. But here you just, like, you kind of cope with it, which I find, mm. depending on how much sleep I've gotten the night before, either, like, really irritating or, like, really ingenious. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw on my Facebook for my old hometown in Massachusetts that somebody was having a fit because people have been working on our bridge and by bridge I mean like really small like over like like a covered yeah like not, not, not an actual new covered New England bridge <laughs> but like about that size really over, mm -hmm. over a brook of a river like you could hop like, over it almost <laughs> not quite but enough where it had to shut down traffic so you're diverted through West Springfield and somebody was having a fit on Facebook because of this reason and of course other people are like well you know you could call city council or there's things you could do also you could go around it but the, the idea that like that your town become would become halted by a bridge that's maybe has not been fixed after like three months or something like that sort of becomes by the wayside of like well is the power off for the whole day yeah do you, we're still doing classes? Yes, of course we're still doing yeah. classes. Yeah, well, because it's like, who are you going to call? The electricity's out. Yeah. It'll come back on when they're done with whatever they're doing. Whoever you're calling about <laughs> the electricity is going to say, well, either our electricity's out or wait till it comes back. There's not. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's stuff like, back when I was working for another school, we had, weekend classes were the big money maker for us, so I kind of taught all day. Saturday and Sunday, which was a drag. But the person with who had the keys to open the school was sometimes late on Saturday morning to open the school, mm -hmm. but that didn't mean that class was late. That just meant we started class outside with no supplies <laughs> and no access to my lesson plans, which was like, that where it's like, well, this is inconveniencing, inconveniencing me now. So well, I was, I was when, like kind of mad about that, but it also was like, I don't want to kick the whole day back 15 minutes just because this one person is late. We'll just start this class now. Which is Running usually. around outside is totally acceptable to do for an English class. Yeah, if you were to take that to city council, you bring it to your head teacher of like, oh my God, what should we do? I can't, I have my PPTs and I can't even, they're like, we'll play games. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and and none of the Chinese staff was as bothered by that as I was. So and and the, at a certain at a certain point, it becomes like who's causing the misery to who? You're causing yourself your own misery by. So we've gotten used to the fact, even though there's less water outage, less power outage, when that happens, we just watch. We're just part of the droves that move outside the building to either cool down or to go to the, to the grocery store to buy gallons of water. Right. Like it becomes right. like a. a, a that's what your neighborhood does. Of you, like, can, you can just skip the thing. exasperated reaction and yeah. like go into, you know, Maybe you can see do what you need to do for the day. See your neighbor buy a bucket or something. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, my current classes, I use flashcards, and I had a laptop computer with the music on it for the class that was already charged up, so, it, like, it was no change to my day. 
My gym class, though, got canceled because the treadmills were... The gym is on the same block as the school. I literally live my life in gym one... Gym not for school, but... For, 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 my, for my workout, yeah. So, like, the treadmills weren't working, so we canceled, we canceled class, which, first I was like, well, I mean, we don't do the treadmill, but everything else is, I don't want to work out in this weather with no air conditioning. It's really <laughs> hot. So, I was ultimately glad. And then, like, I had a little text convo with my trainer, like, oh, yeah, our school has no electricity, too. And he's like, well, what do you do? How do you see? And I said, the sun... I said this in Chinese, the sun is our light, and he, like, sent a smiley emoji back. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. It was dorky. Um, but, yeah, so the power the power goes out. You can get you choose flabbergasted your, by that or just, like... You choose your battles. Yeah. And the the ability to roll with it is a, it's a good ability. So I think, like, there's, there's a lot about China living here that's just, like, well, you know, people are people, and we eat food, and we relax and we want to have fun and blah 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 but there is like living in China has made me very much tougher in in a lot of ways and very much tougher but also more able to like relax about stuff when stuff goes wrong because frequently stuff goes wrong and that's just true that's true anywhere in the world Mm. um and I I really admire the relaxed attitude that our fellow Lujoites have to like well stuff has gone wrong let's do plan b or C, or D, or Z. And being that we've only lived here in Sichuan and Yunnan, we yeah. live in, in the lazy southwest. Yeah. I, I have to wonder, like, what, how, how does that go up north? How does that go, yeah. especially to the east of the big cities? Like, are people more uptight on the coast? Yeah, because here uh, everything is about like, I mean, a summer day is a summer day in in, in Lujo, where everyone is just basically like. You go to air conditioner work, and you're probably happy to have air conditioner work. Yeah. And then you just spill out onto the street, find a shady place, pull your shirt up over your belly. Yeah. And just, well, that's just, called the Beijing bikini, so that might be right. the whole country. <laughs> but the, the, the idea of just sitting on the sidewalk oh, the yeah, the yeah, afternoon yeah. is like, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's <laughs> China. What are you going to do? <laughs> the other... Um, Interesting little language note. I've noticed a couple of kids in the past couple of weeks have like really started looking at my eyes and like asking me about like what color is my eyes. They're they're blue, um, which is you know Chinese people don't have blue eyes, but also a lot of a lot of most people in the world don't have blue eyes. So um, the kids look at my eyes and they're just like. And they ask what color they are, and I say blue, and they say, they're not blue, they're gray. Which no one, in, in American culture anyway, in American linguistic culture, you can have like brown eyes, blue eyes, hazel eyes. Those are really the three categories, right? We don't like classify other colors of eyes. Yeah, unless you're like... Really, like, chartreuse. Or, like, <laughs> something weird. Like, purple eyes, like Elizabeth Taylor. Mm. Um, but, like, I, we don't say that people have gray eyes ever. So Maybe like, cat's eyes, if you're, like, weird green marbles or something. I guess. But, like, there's there's not a division of blue eyes. There's just blue eyes. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, that they think my eyes are gray. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and then there is, like... Well, blue is blue. Ling- linguistics like- and, like... The names of colors, I think, are cultural. 
blue here is very blue when I see the color blue used as a yeah. graphic designer, as an artist. Like it is stark. I mean, I can look across the the construction stuff that people use, the, mm -hmm. the metal gates. Like I can see it right on, across the street uh, on a house right now. It's like it's blue, and yeah. much like red is red. Like yeah. you don't really have like your like Obama colored things where they dash in a little bit of, of oh, like the hope poster yeah, yeah like where you have like different browns and sepias and things yeah. like that like you you were talking stark red you're talking stark blue stark yeah. yellow so like I don't know maybe perhaps there's oh. well and I think like also the dividing line on red and orange they might have my and the, the sample group of my students this is totally non-scientific this is not real anthropology but I think you know, from an anecdotal sense, I feel like the students make a different distinction where red turns into orange than to where I think red turns into orange. Mm -hmm. Like, I call stuff orange that they still call red. Which, I, I, again, totally guessing, but, like, from a pragmatic point of view, things are black or white. They're not, like, gradations aren't really useful. Like, philosophically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a society. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that makes a good segue into, we kind of have a new, new segment-ish that we're going we're gonna to talk a little about um, multicultural communication. Um, I have a couple little anecdotes and observations from the Stay past week. Stay tuned next week, hopefully, for a new card. Maybe, if we have more along the lines of this. Um, but, so, a, a few weeks ago we talked about... And in real life, Peter and I talked with our neighbors, and then we filmed it, and so we had a big discussion with our neighbors that we put up online. And we got the reactions um, from all all, all, all kinds so of reactions. China asked, what is it like in China? Yeah, yeah. And so our, the reactions to that video were, one, one of our Chinese well, viewers was like, oh, that's so embarrassing. You know, not all Chinese people are that ignorant, and... and interesting different reactions and and to be clear I never thought that these people were being ignorant I just these are my neighbors and they ask us funny questions um, but I did I was I was thinking some more about those people those specific people in that kind of conversation where they ask like do you eat rice in America or like one of the older ladies old at my school commented because my hair has has some gray in it and she said foreigners hair gets gray too and like she had never but she'd never seen a foreigner before and so specifically this age group um if they're like 60 or 70 now they would have been 30 or 40 in the 80s and 90s which is when reform and opening happened here so before that time they would not have had any access especially i think in this part of the country um and depending on your what class, what socioeconomic class you're in, um, you could have never met a foreigner, and you could have never had access to information about the outside world, or the access to the information that you'd have would be severely limited. And then, even after the '90s, and the the internet came to China, and when the internet first came to China, it was unregulated. There was like a couple glorious years that you could just. If you had access to online, you could you could just, just go. Um, but this part of the country didn't even have reliable 
electricity. I think they had like three or four days of electricity per week before the the dam was built. The Yangtze River Dam mm-hmm. was built. Um, so it is uh, these these are people who would have grown up with limited access to to information about specifically foreigners. Like how would how would they have access to to what my life would be like? Um, and you know, old old people, older people can use the internet now if they want to, but maybe they don't want to. And here they have an actual living and breathing foreigner in front of them. Mm-hmm. So there is like, maybe you have questions that seem ridiculous, but like, how would you have known otherwise? And which brings up something I've never even really thought about of like, if you are, so I'm 80 years old and I go on the internet here in Lujou. Yeah. Is... How translatable is Lujo Kwa? And and I mean, if you don't, well, speak, this is the written language is the same, right? So that that you, would oh, but, but I guess people watch videos. <laughs> 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 I still read the internet. Yeah. you're not going to look up on on Yuku as yeah, to like yeah. do foreigners have gray hair, right? Or maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and 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 yeah, the media you you consume online might not be foreigner centric not everybody cares about america that Although there's much. probably basketball on there's probably basketball um but just just thinking along the lines of like who had access to what information these specifically our neighbors i'm totally conjecturing but it's it's likely or possible anyway that they grew up without any access to the outside world and now their access to the outside world is is moderated i'm these don't seem like the kind of people who would have a VPN set up. Um, but then they do have a living and breathing, two living and breathing foreigners to talk to. So they ask all their questions like, do you guys eat chicken and beef? Um, so it's just like interesting to think about it from that perspective. And I, I got on that train of thought because I was at the gym. Um, and I was just like thinking about, I really like this gym. It has like... All ages, all body types, all intensities of working out. It just is like a very welcoming place. And it also feels like that's not like, oh, Chinese gym or Chinese gym that welcomes foreigners. It just is like, this is what a gym is like. There's no, there's no like qualifier on it. But when we were coming to China eight years ago, almost, we were like, I was researching, like, does China have yoga classes? They're so close to India. Is that a thing? Or is that, like, seen as, like, really outre and, and <laughs> Western cultural appropriation? And, like, yeah, it was hard sick? to find the information, does China have yoga classes? And now that I'm here, like, yes, they do. <laughs> and it's just, like, the yoga studio that the differences are, like, gym-specific, not, like, China, America. Right. Do you have to join a monastery and climb a mountain every morning to go do it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or like we were wondering because we knew that maybe China was more conservative than especially the New York culture we were used to. And so I was like, can I wear tank tops or is like, Mm. do I need to wear sleeves and like all this stuff that it was like, no one bothers to write that stuff up on the internet. Well, there's been a, a lot more since we've been here. Yeah, so maybe it, maybe now there is, like, a, even a YouTube video of, like, yeah. acceptable tank tops well, to wear in China. <laughs> but it is, like, 
a Chinese person, I don't think, would, like, write up yeah. acceptable tank tops to wear in China because that, you wouldn't, like, think... There, it's parts of your culture that are so small that you wouldn't think, like, this is different in a different culture, maybe? Right. You Well, the people that do that the most are um, people from schools that are helping you come situate with, you know, what whatever your your boss from school picks you up from the airport yeah. and tells you, like, where, what day you're going to start. And you're like, ah, well, what should I wear? Uh should I wash my vegetable? Like, these are questions that we had like on the yeah, first day. Yeah. Like, when we get a cab, what what do we do with this stuff? Like none of that was actually there back then. Now there's like umpteen bloggers, like probably attached yeah. to the side of this video that you're watching that <laughs> will tell you exactly how to order a cab and how to order. Tacos. But even that, like the specific question I'm asking, right, I don't right. want to wade through 50 videos to find that one piece of information, which is why I prefer the textual internet. <laughs> um, but it, it like, what are the things that we communicate about our cultures? It's not these little teeny things that we all take for granted that like, this is normal life where I live. Whether that's China or America or Europe or Africa or even in Antarctica, might everything about living there might be extraordinary. But um, just just like these little, there's a lot there's a lot of people talking about the big ideas, but these little ideas you'd have no way to know unless you like went there and talked to someone, mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Um, and then one more example, a linguistic example this time, my friend who is studying to be a translator. She's Chinese, and her English is um, super bueno. Um, and she, sometimes she sends me English language questions, and she had, she, we got into a thing about multiple choice that, so you know what a multiple choice question is. What? You, get, you have a question, and then you have like four answers, and one of those answers is the correct answer, and so you choose that answer. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, That's how the internet's built She was getting thrown because her, she was coming at the word choice as like the choice that you choose. So to her, multiple choice should mean that you choose three out of the four answers or two, or more than one answer is the right answer. And I was able to explain from the tests that I took, multiple choice, the choice referred to that you have A, B, C, D, E, those are the choices, not not what you pick, but what's available to you, right? Mm -hmm. You're following? Yeah. Um, but like to get there took several back and forths because I was not, we weren't even cognizant that we were both working from a slightly different definition of the word choice, which like when we solved it, it was like... Yay! <laughs> but it's like a really funny conversation. But even like her English is so good, and there still is like that kind of difference can throw you off. And she's oh, and this was the thing. She's like, I looked all over the internet, and I couldn't. And she is maybe someone who has access to the wider internet. Mm -hmm. um, she's like, I couldn't, I couldn't find the answer because that's like such a specific question that like you kind of need to. To have that personal discussion with, even when you have with someone people, who does know the answer and can follow what your question is, even when you have people that are are trained and studying and big fans of communication that way, like you could actually have 
a person that you've grown up with in the same town next door to you with roughly the same kind of family and still find yourself in these strange, like, you're talking about, no, I'm talking about, uh, but we're talking about this, right? What you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And before you realize that you were like, we weren't talking about the same thing at all. Yeah, like, yeah. It, the, it, it can go astray real quick. Yeah, we just did that yesterday. Yeah. When yeah. you were talking about John Hodgman. Joel. And I, I thought you said Joel Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> Two different guys. <laughs> Look them up if you don't know who they are. But just Both really, are funny. <laughs> but real quick about like the um, the difference of, of the older folks around here. It's not just that we're used to us only hanging out with our, our neighbors who are all 60 to 80 years old. For example, yesterday we, we went to coffee houses and the barbecue pub and the, the, the cabs in between, mm -hmm. and it's all younger people. Often, most of them were trying all their English out on us. Oh, yeah, even it was a notable day for, for people trying to help us out in English, which was, like, even was a, nice. Even a cabbie who was older, who was trying out his English, and then eventually just confessed that, like, I've forgotten all of my English. Yeah, but yeah, that was, he was cute. <laughs> so it isn't just <coughs> you have this, the, you're always surrounded by, you know, generations ago that were, like, well, we've never seen anyone like you before. Tell us what your whole story is. A lot of times, it it, it still are are young younger people that don't have those kinds of questions that might be embarrassed by the older generation because they do have TV, they do have the internet, they do have questions of like, what what do you think about this season of whatever TV show that you're watching that's American or British or yeah yeah like I had students who would watch the latest episode of Game of Thrones before Peter and I would catch up yeah, with like, it. Don't like, spoil! Like, there is... It's, it's, it's an interesting time in that we have access to so much information, but I think it's... I think my point is that it's a hard work to really know someone else, to know their culture, and to, 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 to connect. And But it's work worth doing, is, no is my even, little preachy <laughs> add-on there. Even but it, I think that's so interesting, like, the ways in which we are different from each other. There's, like, there's some that are just very obvious, but then there's some that are are, are not obvious. And you, have, you really have to dig even to see, like, that you're coming at the same topic from very different assumptions sometimes. Yeah, um, you could have just a different agenda. Yeah. And so maybe you're using the same word. Just not in the same way, not incorrectly. Just yeah, yeah. You think choice means what you've chosen, and I think choice means the options available to you. Like that blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was cool. I like thinking about that stuff. Good job. Um, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to homeschool film school. So a brief. Um, kind of observation is that Peter and I go through kind of phases where we're more interested in the technical aspects of filmmaking, lighting, cameras, sound, blah, blah, blah. And then we swing back around to the more philosophical aspects of storytelling and why we even make videos or whatever. Um, and right now we are squarely in the philosophical realm. Um, we've been thinking so much about story and writing these days. Um, so that's probably for the next couple weeks we'll be talking about that. And then we'll probably, I want to buy some microphones this fall, so. 
<laughs> who knows? Who knows what will happen? But today our topic is philosophical in um, that we're going to be talking about discipline. Um, and discipline for every... every Everything. Everything is, is really important. I think you just don't do... And you don't get anything done without discipline. Um, no. <laughs> Peter had a, a, a professor in art school mm. um, who his and I think you know this is great we've kind of adopted it as our own his his kind of summation was paint the fruit you've got to paint the fruit before you can he went, he went around to the class he I'm sure he did this every year uh, like painting 101 he would go around to the class and he'd go to every student and he'd be who's your favorite painter uh, Matisse Lichtenstein whoever and as soon as the student would say like Oh, my favorite is Kuhn. He knew how to paint the fruit. He knew how to paint the fruit. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn how to paint the fruit before you start getting any fancy about what you're doing. Yeah, which is all to say you have to master the basics of your craft before you can um, break break all the rules. Even Picasso painted um, figurative drawing before fruit. he drew you know what we know him for. Everyone paints fruit. Picasso painted fruit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the. I think, you know, Peter and I, we had careers before we came to YouTube. Couple. Um, wherein we did, like, I, I worked at a daily newspaper that trained me to write every day regardless if I was feeling like it or not. And Peter, you know, had similar practices and jobs and... and, mm -hmm. um, and Paper, Paper's always got to go out. You know, you, there's no ifs, ands, or I don't feel like it. Today, yeah, yeah. there is an issue that has to leave the house and yeah. go printing. And, the, and, you know, that extrinsic motivation can be really powerful, especially when it's attached to your paycheck. Yeah. If you have to do it or you don't get paid, is like, really good for, like, getting you able to, like, develop those skills to focus in. Um, also and, great for anxiety, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. But so when we started our YouTube channel, we we were, like... Because we knew, but so two two things could happen to to de multiple things could happen to de derail it. But two major things could like really knock us out. One being that we could work on one video forever and decide never decide that it's done and just like keep working on it, keep working on it until we just hate it and we just stop working the on it. The poison of perfection. Yeah, or we could never get started we could like toss around ideas laugh at them and then just never do any of it and then we'd be we'd be finished before we started so we, kind of, it, it, uh, superficially it's kind of funner just to talk about funny ideas or interesting oh it's ideas way than, easier to to brainstorm ideas than it is to actually do them yeah <laughs> um so we early on right, right from the first video i think decided we were going to have this weekly deadline a week seemed like enough time to come up Prompted by YouTube yeah, as a professional yeah. thing, like come out with one, if you could come out with one every day. Well, that's, uh, one every day seemed unrealistic. Yeah. One every week sounded like something we could get done. One every month seemed like that was too long between projects mm -hmm. and we'd get um, distracted and, and off the path. So we decided one every week, no matter what. And then it was like for about a year. We still haven't. Well... We still haven't, but 
I would say <laughs> we we haven't missed a week. We've been more we've been more and more creative about like what we count as our video for the week. But but at the, at, in the original twelve months, we really were like conceive, shoot, and put up a video once a week, and from it, start to finish. Yeah, and and that was that was valuable in terms of the YouTube algorithm. I mean, then it wasn't because YouTube wasn't showing us anybody. Yeah. But like the the the, there was again the extrinsic motivation of YouTube saying like if you post regularly, your audience will find you regularly. But for us, it was more intrinsic of like we know at the time Thursday what is our day, so we need to hit Thursday, and no one's asking for anything. But we we know we get to like check off that box. Thursday, mm -hmm. the video is up. Um, and sometimes we would rush ideas. Sometimes we'd put up stuff that we kind of felt like maybe they could have used another edit pass or, a re like, if we had really had time, re-record certain parts. There was, there was stuff that went up with mistakes that would have been fixable with more time. Certainly it was, it was a matter of, like, how bad is the mistake? Yeah, Do we yeah. re-upload... Or it'll still go up. Something will go up. But yeah. Like how bad is it and how long? Yeah. And there were maybe two videos where we really kind of wrong fact nail nail well nail biting of like do we want it like minor mistakes are okay because making the deadline is that important. But mm -hmm. there were two uh, the Hong Kong one and I forget what. But I feel like we had another one where mm -hmm. we were just like I don't know this maybe isn't good this maybe isn't good mm -hmm. enough. Um, but. So you're talking like aside from the things like with the, the, the teacher one. Oh yeah, the teacher where, one. Where Matthew had told you that like, oh, this date had changed uh, or this practice had right, changed. Right, right. So there had was to the day after go back and retract or. Right, right. No, no. It was more that we were having creative disagreements up until publication. Right. But right. we we published anyway because it was that important to us to get the video out, and I think. Looking back, that was the right choice. It was the right choice to push ourselves to put out all these videos because it, it really got us. It really got us in a place where we accepted no excuses for not working. We had to mm -hmm. work because it needed to go up. So that was like, that was strengthening our discipline. And then, like creatively, it is like sometimes, sometimes the ideas don't come or aren't good but like you gotta work you gotta find your way to work through that you don't have and we gave ourselves the non-luxury of like no no time for writer's block and that you know i don't know I, i'll cut no time for writer's block i think is a valuable exercise mm -hmm. i don't know like I wouldn't recommend staking your career on that, mm -hmm. but I think it is like it's really work valuable to figure out how to work through non motivation or like a dearth of ideas. And so we did. I think it, it led us to a lot of creative problem solving. It led us to picking up the camera every day, or picking up something every day that made us really good at our skills. But now we are entering into a time where we feel like. That was so valuable to us, and we're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> We've kind of changed the ethos to be, um, it's done when it's done. And we, I've, I feel like we can do that because we, we can trust ourselves 
A, not to slack off and not do anything. We love doing the work so much, we're going to do the work. We have just a habit of every day. Every day is make art day, so we're that's just like, that's a natural part of our both of our routines. So we're not, I'm not scared that we're going to all of a sudden flake off of making these videos. Because we also that's... still have the problem of having too many ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so we're not going to flake off. And also, we've done the push through the writer's block, Let's or push through the problems or accept minor flaws. What happens if we don't accept the minor flaws? What happens if we do work until something is done? And so that's kind of the next phase that we're into. So what, what I kind of wanted to frame that as like, you need to establish your discipline to break it. And so like now we've painted a year's worth of fruit and we've decided, okay, we know how to paint fruit. Um, let's see what happens if we paint... Snakes. A, bush, a bushel. Or a bushel. <laughs> <laughs> a bushel of fruit. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's what's going on behind the scenes here, and that's kind of why the, the, the content that we're posting is maybe less Well, it's interesting um, that uniform. by putting our other two channels, consolidating back into everything, means that we still have, I mean, we're going on like two weeks of a video almost every day because we have these shows that we do, which we're going to do every week, mm -hmm. which is... Good, yeah, that's still tone. discipline. That's yeah. still Sunday afternoon you, we do that. The YouTube aspect of it means that, that we're, we're doing the business side of YouTube, mm -hmm. but uh, we do it for our own reasons. But the, I also have like 20 music videos that are ready to go up that are sitting in our queue, and I've got like 10 behind that that I'm working on, and we've got a couple of videos that are our vlog videos that are either done or being processed at this point, and then a couple that are being written behind. So at any one time, we just have enough stuff to come out with a video or two a day by, by taking it of like, well, we don't need to come out with a video every Thursday. Suddenly, we've turned into like, we should not put out a video every day instead. <laughs> and I think, interestingly... Breaking out of that, like, once a week mold, now it is, like, the production cycle lasts however long it lasts. Um, that's had the effect of, I think, to maintain the weekly production cycle, we did kind of, we changed it up maybe every six weeks, I felt like, was our period. Oh, right. Um, but we kind of tried to hit on a formula for what we were doing, because that made it easier to say, like, like, for example, the draft videos, we have this through line of the draft who gives you an en entrance, who gives you a couple segments in the middle, who introduces this and then gives you the outro, and then we'll fill in the spots with these specific kinds of segments. Whereas, uh, so that's like the formula we were using, and, and immediately after making the switch to the, the video's done when it's done, we abandoned that formula pretty much. I mean, those videos aren't up yet, but we the the ones we're working on don't fit that formula anymore, and are in fact like more experimental in structure than we'd ever been. And I feel like that's a direct result of like taking away the deadline means like now we have now we have a chance for like really weird and untested ideas to, to, yeah, to gestate go, and develop. To go back to paint the fruit, now yeah. we're into our, like, let's experiment with cubism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the experiment with cubism, 
I know I can paint fruit in five days. How long does cubism take? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see that through. It could take five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we did, we conceived, well, we didn't conceive it yesterday. We, we kind of talked about an idea for a couple of weeks, but then we wrote it and shot it in like, we wrote it in an hour and shot it in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, a, whole, a whole idea, which maybe next week or the week after will come out. Or this week. Or this week. Or later today. I don't know. (laughs) But it is like... That's part of the fun now. Yeah, it's now... It's now... um, We don't need to be so regimented in that. That is actually opening up creative outlets in addition to logistical Hmm. um, changes. Yeah. I find really interesting. When you're doing it, like, on that business side of YouTube, it's like... it's, it's, It's presented to you of coming out with a video that's similar every week at the same time or every couple, yeah. a couple of days so that people know what to expect of like I collect action figures so I expect every Friday report, report of that week of, of what are the new products that have come out on, in that line or whatever I need to know that because that's what I do kind of thing right. but it, when you you're not actually doing something that isn't that's tied to an industry or like entertainment news or what movies have come out that week or how to you know what's the new muffler on a car or whatever is your your thing then like it really doesn't matter nothing is time sensitive anymore so right. it's kind of like it it is when it is which is not to say we don't have a focus and i think like the part of that video a week year was like deciding what our focus is and at one point i wrote the log line the mundane adventures of a life lived abroad and i think that's like mm. we're not going to start all of a sudden making like roller coaster review videos or, mm. or mm-hmm. i mean especially cuz i hate roller coasters <laughs> but like so i think we do the, it's not like our videos are going to be about anything mm. it's going to be about the minutia of our lives through the lens of like the absurdity that we think like well, that, that's, is that's what i mean of like we we've, we've given ourselves the the freedom of like we don't need to come out with a video at 9 o'clock every Thursday. Yeah. So now we're like, we're making this video now. We're going to put this video out tonight, which means right. the video that I I have like five videos that I could put out tonight instead of this video, but we can't put out like five videos a day. So, right. So I have to take one of those videos and put it out tomorrow, and then I've got another video out to put that day. But then I have a major vlog one that is ready to go out at any point, and another one that's almost finished. So right. we have so many things. By taking and saying we don't need to put down one a week means now we have like for some reason ten a week. Right. <laughs> right. Well, but but and I'm saying from the point of view of the the YouTube advice of like find your niche, marketing, blah blah blah. Um, that's actually not useless advice, even if you're trying to be more artistic. In that, like, mm. in in this opening up of the structure, it's not like anything is possible because I, that's paralyzing to me. I yeah. I couldn't work if like our videos could be about anything. And so I think part of part of the the discipline period of a, a video per week was really sussing out what's our point of view, what's our focus, what's our um, viewpoint, that's point of view, flipped around, <laughs> um, but what are we talking about? And now, like, we have a pretty good idea from making all these videos, trying out different, different even subject matter and different, like, we, we reviewed coffee houses, like, we, that was a fun video to make, but not our direction, and so we you really... how to teach... How to teach in China. Yeah, we, to China. Yeah, we did, like, all these, all these different... What's up with your bathroom? 
the discipline working through that slog really refined what it is why we want to make videos at all and so now now that we know that that's so powerful and and so then we can like now let's take off the constraints of how we make them but that doesn't mean like so let's go nuts and anything is anything because mm. that's that's you don't make art that way you don't make anything that way we've we've, we've taken it to uh, uh more of a focus rather than like yeah. broadened it to like not we're not a shoe could be a hat <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we're not going to run out now and like well now we have to go back to hong kong because we want to do a story on so like we're not reporters and we don't want to be and we've tried that but if we were to go to hong kong this week for some reason Maybe there's something that would come out of that, but yeah, it would be yeah. about not like we're cha- we're not chasing stories kind of thing. Well, and and we have our our approach to writing that we're we're starting to work on that we'll talk more about as that develops. But that like Peter and I know we know the stories we want to be telling, and it's not like the euro today is blah 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 versus the yen is blah, well yeah blah. i mean like, by by putting ourselves put, putting the name china vloggers on anything that we're doing apparently right now we should only be talking about hong kong yeah cagedly yeah yeah <laughs> um and we're not we're not even when i worked at a newspaper i worked on the culture desk so the news is not my thing I, it's important and i my some of my good friends are amazing journalists and they do really good work and I love to read about it but that's not actually that's not the stuff I want to do um but and and you and I have said a couple times I I I would say past the one year mark that like wow these are really the videos we wanted to be doing all along Mm -hmm. but we didn't know how to do them and the way it turns out you find out how to do them is do 52 videos that are kind of what you wanted to do and Mm. like there's no way around it the first thing you do is not going to be your best thing if you look at like any kind of it's going to be great but it's (laughs) it's going to be great um you just keep doing the work and you'll get closer and closer and closer to what you you actually want if you look at like i'm just going to take music because that's what i know the best of any of the the chameleon artists that are like superstar your your billy joel your bowie your madonna tons of others they they do spend so many of their younger years working on like i'm a folk artist i'm a pop artist i'm 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 a punk no i'm i'm heavy metal no i'm progressive rock yeah no, i'm chamber orchestra like they're they're testing out all these different areas to be like well what is it about me and it's not surprising that they're they tend to be pop stars because pop is taking from all the different pieces of culture like madonna doesn't I don't know how much she knows anything about Spanish culture, but to pull Lisa Bonita out of anywhere means oh, that yeah. she had to like go go listen to at least some some kind of nylon string guitar somewhere and sip sangria sangrias to like be like oh I should do a song about mm-hmm. and then you you're you're testing these different ideas yeah well and and I went to an art exhibit while ago now <laughs> and one of the artists was Pissarro I forget who the other one but the, the idea was that it was contrasting two different modes of creativity and and the, the thesis of this exhibit was that you get the wunderkind who has like the big idea when they're young and then they often end up 
just kind of repeating iterations of that. And it's a huge idea for the rest of their lives. Um, and it's a good enough idea that that's okay. That's like, mm. we love that. And, and then you get maybe someone who's work in their 20s is unremarkable, but like they keep experimenting and, and j jumping genres. And then like when they're older, as a mature artist, they just come out with stuff that is like, genre defying mm. um and I, I liked that theory because at the time i was feeling insecure <laughs> about not being a wunderkind anymore um <laughs> but i mean it, it's comforting to think like you know we live in a culture that really values youth um and that's depressing but like if you, the that's not the only way it's not only just pop when you're young and then like mm. you're a superstar like you could just you're working, you have a whole life to live. It seems like more fun to be working on something your whole life. Well, and um, when... Which is, you know, self-serving, but also <laughs> interesting as, idea. As you become older and you're not really worried about, like, how good do I look like on the cover of a magazine, it becomes more like, how good does my work look like when I've put it behind, you know, a screen and no one's looking at my face. Like, you know, like when you look at, like, fashion designers, so often... You, you see their, their wild imagination down the runway mm -hmm. and then they come out at the end to bow and they're like in sweatpants. You're just like, whoa, did you not, were you... Oh, yeah, yeah, this? yeah, that all the work is, is out there. Yeah, it's not, I don't have to, to wear this because I mean, I, yeah, I'm that's, busy backstage. That certainly can be a part of the wunderkindnessism of <laughs> like... The, what what is also being sold is the image of this young person genius mm. versus like letting the the art be the art, which I had a digression on managed image of punk rock. Mm -hmm. Oh, because we were talking about Malcolm McLaren and the Sex Pistols. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, like this, I am a big fan of the Sex Pistols, but it is also like they were sold on the basis of this image that McLaren and what's her name. Vivi uh, the, Vivian Westwood. Yes. Um, it was so much about the clothes. And I'm not a big, and, and I'm not a big fan of Sex Pistols as the music. I'm a, I'm I'm interested in their their idea of commerce and subverting capitalism. Right, and as a band that you could like them and not be into their music, that's like yeah. that's something. And the same with the Ramones, who are like their you, their received image is. You know these carefree young punk guys with the, you know these tough guy haircuts, but um, Joey mm -hmm. Ramon was actually like kind of a tyrant about how they presented themselves. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like really into like this is our look, these are the clothes we wear, these are the haircuts we get, and like oh, it's, it's all, so so much of like the there's not that much difference between like him and and Gene and Paul of Kiss. Like there is like we're going to have this look, we're going to have these haircuts. Everyone has to wear jeans. It's not, you know, kabuki makeup and leather. But yeah. It, it is like everyone has to look. This is a uniform. Right, right. And there, I mean, and and you know, suits are as much of a uniform as as anything. Mm -hmm. But that 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 especially, I guess, in music, that your visual presentation. Oh yeah. Is as much a part of the package as the music you play. That's that's why MTV waits. So I have much no contemporary the... examples. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have to have MTV, but we do have music videos that are yeah. usually on YouTube, yeah. And you or Vivo, and you have Vimo, and you have to search for them. And when you do find people that are really 
embracing that. There's amazing stuff like we just found uh, the Pix. Pix, P I X X. Yeah. Like, unbelievable, amazing music. She's touring. She's British, and she's touring the U.S. this summer. I just looked it up. Um, go. Go listen to Picks, and if you live where she's coming, go see her. I, I think that might be an awesome show. Yeah, we'd go see her if she was coming to China. Coming huh? to China, China. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there's people out there doing exciting things, and you have to look for it. But let it, it made so much sense. I mean, what, Strawberry Fields was, like, one of the first, like, real... I mean, if you don't count, like, Monkeys and Early Beatles, like, some kind of experimental music video. That was, like, one of the early ones. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we get to whatever whatever eighty one or that MTV opens, like like I grew up not really knowing buying an album mm-hmm. was dependent on on what the video did for me, and mm. so the visual culture exploded even more so now. Now everything is like so visual, like the music is just totally yeah. secondary, and it's just like a big flash of like whatever you know well, that's, car you're driving. You get or, into like. Okay, go, which is more famous for their videos yeah. than their music, and it, it turns out like the the lead singer's sister was a choreographer and filmmaker, and so it makes mm. perfect sense. And I interviewed them once um, that they they were as interested in film as a medium as music, and so they really did conceive of these projects as like short films with songs that went with them. But then you get into like. Um, Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift, where these videos are like these big blowout spectacles. Not f- for me, and well, and also the music is like. They're epic what is music that, happening? <laughs> yeah, they're epic in that sense of uh, like the, they cost the, a lot of money to yeah, make. The, um, I guess maybe Michael Jackson first, but like by the time we got around to Guns and Roses doing. November, November Rain. Rain. Yeah. Like, that, that was so epic. And it's like, yeah, but I mean, it's not really a good song, but... Yeah. And the video itself isn't actually good. Let's watch these these nerds getting married. Like, uh, that was the premise yeah, of the video yeah. or something? Like, it, there's, it was very there's, there's rainy not, and dark, I remember. And then they're in a desert, and then they're at a funeral, or like, yeah. I, like all the... All the comic book tropes that, like, oh, that would be cool, and that would be cool, and you check them all off, and you put them all up behind, like, $200 million, and with a song that you, like, we can afford violins. Yeah. And at some point, like, I don't even know what I'm watching anymore, but now everything is just so big mm-hmm. that they, it's hard to discern what, what is the difference between each video, between a, a, the... Taylor Swift and uh, Rihanna, right. like, I don't really know what, there's a lot of colors. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to take us even further afield, because that's what we're doing today. <laughs> um, I'm going to complain about money again. Oh. Like, there's so much, that's where, I feel like the mid-2000s was a really good time when YouTube was just taking off. For like really creative music videos, and like Eric Wareheim of Tim and Eric directed a lot of music videos that are just like super strange for indie bands that are like the music is also good, um, and that, I mean that's my taste, so that's that's what I think. Um, but now people have discovered that there's money in it, so then like 
You get Will Smith. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. Like, why does Will Smith get to be a YouTuber? Get, get this is our lane. We're non-professionals. Get out of our way and let us have a lane. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like, like Apple TV is opening another streaming service, and these like streaming. I thought what might have been a good thing for for indie level artists of like if if there's more channels open and there's more content needed. That's great because we can make content and we're making content that's maybe, you know, different from other stuff that's on our TV already. But it seems like the business model has now turned into, well, we're a big company. We're also opening a streaming service. Let's get celebrities to make projects that they didn't get to make. But oftentimes, like we watched on YouTube Red, mm-hmm. what's his name? From Human Giant, he's in so much more than this. Human Rob Giant. Rob Hubel, the le, Do you want to see a dead body? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which yeah. we do not recommend. This is a not watch it. Right. Of like, this must have been like his pet project that he thought of while he was high yeah, or something. He's a, he's a comedian slash actor. That's yeah, been, he's and, shown and up in like every, every sitcom, movie, sitcom that you've seen. Um, and he's he's a fine actor. I like him. I like him when he yeah. shows up and stuff. But like, and this was just like him and his famous friends going around. Everybody. And and the premise of the show is like, he asks, he annoys his celebrity friends, and then is like, "Do you want to go see a dead body?" And then they have a moment because of that. And like, that's no one made that idea before YouTube Red because it's a terrible idea. Well, because it's just a joke from Stand By Me. Like, it's, a, it's, mm, it's just yeah. a joke that you would say, like, to your friends. Like, if you get bored for a second, if you're, like, everyone's hanging out, getting high, drinking at a bar or something, and you just lean over to your friend and you say, like, you want to go see a dead body? Ha ha, I remember that movie. Family Guy, move on. Yeah. Don't but the, So it's frustrating that that's the move. We were going through a period where it was, streaming was expanding, we need more content, let's pick up these weird and quirky ideas. And even... Even, like, what comes to mind is, is Mozart in the Jungle. Mozart in the Jungle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was Amazon's, one of their first big shows. And that was, that was all famous people who were in it. And yeah. it was, that was um, Jason... Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman's idea. He's already famous. But it did really seem like streaming was an opening for quirky, funny, indie, creative content. And now it's turning into... Well, let's get bankable movie stars and give them series, which yeah, is like, like I'm when, less excited when about. When you have that. like, I, I don't know, like when you have people that are close to a project. I don't know, like Star Trek is is pretty famous for giving their actors like a, a, a directorial debut, and perhaps mm, they move yeah, yeah, the yeah. directors. And like to some extent, like that's that's cool. People are close to their projects and stuff like that. But like yeah. when it's just like. You you bank a certain amount. Here's a bunch of money and do whatever dumb shit that you can think of. Right. And because you've got a bunch of famous friends and they they'll probably work for you. Well, for there's free also anyway, a difference so between like, like Jonathan Frakes picking up how to be a good director and now he's a good solid TV director. Yeah. But he's not like a famous person. No, I wouldn't be able um, to tell his his abilities. But uh, also, you don't sell a project on like Jonathan Frakes is directing. Right. <laughs> Only in certain circles. Like much love, much love. Yeah. But um, that's it's not quite the same thing as like I don't know. 
Will Smith's son has an idea for a TV show, so we're going to yeah. sell that. Like, yeah. I don't know that kid. Right. He's just famous. Um, but yeah, so that's, we're getting pretty off topic there. What are we talking about? <laughs> so let's move on to commentary. Hey, we, we don't have any conducting business. Oh, we skipped conducting business. Oh, commentary. Um, briefly, we don't have any business. Oh. But, um, less briefly, if you're watching us on YouTube, you could be listening to us on iTunes. We also stream as a podcast via iTunes or Stitcher or RSS feed, and all that linkage is in the description below. And if you're listening to us on the podcast somehow, and you think you'd rather be seeing our faces, you can look at us on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash HelloForeigner. Um, but that's that's all the business. Um, Thank goodness. <laughs> so let's talk about a normal haircut in China. So at much like all of our recent work, this is a transitionary piece <laughs> in which we have the giraffe. We're still working with the giraffe structure. This is one of our last, for now, giraffe structure videos. Um, and we hit, this one kind of evolved over the course of several weeks. We had a couple small ideas that, you know, we stuck on the cork board and, and worked with for a couple weeks. And then, like, one of those one of those cork board ideas was my haircut place at the mall closed. And Peter was like, well, so what if we follow you to get the haircut? And then it turns out, like, getting a, needing a haircut and then getting a haircut is a natural story arc. So, um, without much work, we had something that felt like a really complete piece, um, which was, a, a, it was one of those, like, everything fell into the plate, and everything fell into place, and then after the fact felt really like, we couldn't have planned this any better. And then concurrently, it was cherry season, so we kind of wove that as a theme throughout, as our bee theme. Mm. Um, do you have a, a comment? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, I, I liked that because we did all this planning work, we had stuff like the book review was an idea from like way many, many weeks ago. That, like, once we hit on the cherry idea, Peter was like, you should be eating a cherry in the background. Oh, and also because this is a haircut video, let's put your hair up in a towel turban. Like, you just... Oh, and then when we edit the story, that segment comes after the hair wash segment. Which, like, all of that was just... We were we were open, open to change in the moment, but, like, really talking about what the plan is the whole time to bring something together that felt like a full piece which was really cool yeah it's a lot harder than, than you would think I mean the easy thing would be just to I need a haircut alright let's get a camera and I'll just follow you to get a haircut and then you will have a haircut and then that will be the end of the video is you started with this hair you ended with that hair yeah it's super simple and you could but how do you do that creatively is what we're really trying to explore like and we went like we tend to do, like we over dramatize everything with like the building of empires, and that, yeah, which yeah. is that's the fun part. Like getting a haircut, whoop de freaking do. Mm -hmm. Like there's not really that kind of information in there that's really all that helpful. But it is something that you know you did spend a lot of time when we first moved here because cutting curly hair, it's it's not yeah. something that that's easy 
to find people to do. You were like, like maybe I need to go to Chengdu. Maybe I'll wait. To, I'll go. Yeah. You waited to go to Hong Kong to get a haircut. Well, at, at some point, it just becomes like I've just yeah. A I didn't get a haircut for the first six years that we lived here, <laughs> and then I cut my hair myself for about a year, and then finally we were in Hong Kong already, and then I was like, all right, this guy speaks English. I think. You know, he's worked with multicultural hair. <laughs> and then once I, like, broke that barrier, I was like, fine. People can cut my hair. So but it was, a, like, it was, yeah. In a sense, it is it's it is epic and difficult, but it's yeah. also, at the same time, really boring and useless. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how do I figure out how to do this actually just becomes, you just do it, and you, you live with what you decide. And Yeah. So for us to, like, to make a... a mountain out of a molehill of like mm-hmm. I got one place it was fine and then that place closed down so I gotta go find another place that's fine I mean like you, your hair looked like that for one day yeah. by the end of the day it yeah, like that yeah. <laughs> um, but and I, what I am pleased about too with that is that we have that arc and then we have the cherry runner throughout and then we have like I really like how we have other ideas like the book report and like screen boost screen and that kind of came from you don't just sit down in one afternoon and plan that out that's like ideas ideas were a popping for you know mm-hmm. a couple weeks and like again we write them all down on the board i have a notebook full of ideas and like it's it's about putting putting segments next to each other that like once they're next to each other have an extra resonance that that they would not have necessarily had on their own and the only way you do that is like over time keep collecting these ideas and keep mixing them and matching them together and there you do them in different forms too like you start with the ideas in your head then there are the ideas in your notebook and then you you sit them up on the board and you bring them down to the other board with all the cards below it yeah and then all that can make sense, and then by the time you bring it over to the computer and you're looking at it in the editing bay, and you're like, oh, that doesn't flow into that one. Mm-hmm. So it's constantly reevaluating where where the story drops to keep yeah. the, the, the prod, to keep, to keep the story moving forward, even if you are delineating into a different, you know, uh, uh, some kind of tangent. Like, there's a reason for that tangent that maybe didn't make sense before. Right. It could be at the very end. It could be like you're almost done editing. You're like, this is a done video. And you're like, oh, what if we... And then, yeah. all right, we've got to stick another thing in there. Yeah, which, again, to go back to removing our weekly deadline, we can we can keep coming back to that and keep keep massaging ideas until we feel like they're finished, din- finished <laughs> and done. Um, because we have we've decided, like, we're going to work on it till it's done. There is probably a, a different version of that video that would have gone up if we had had the Definitely. the one week deadline, um, and instead we let some of these ideas simmer for months. Yeah. Um, until they found the right place to. Even be. sometimes, like I let that one drag itself just on the music for like five days. Like I, mm. it's not five days worth of music, but there's periods in between. Like as I'm putting together the pieces of like. Like, I didn't realize that it was going to have, like, this... And you, your voiceover wasn't even done at this point with bringing it to, like, you actually getting the haircut in the salon became, like, this idea of, like, we could take this to this rising arc with these, like, majestic irus rising up over kettle drums, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much fun now. We have the story of, like, 
dun dun dun, and the 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 salon rises in the in the bones yeah. underneath of the feet, and like so that kind of created itself out of just having fun with the project. Yeah, that was taking days and days of like like I don't want to stop this. I'm 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 exploring this. this yeah, is a fun because that was actually. The actual haircut was the last piece that we shot. Yeah. Um, and the episode didn't come together until we shot it. And then we like mm. we had that, and then Peter kind of divided it into the three, four segments of entry, hair wash, haircut, exit. And that, like, oh, that's the entire video, but that was, like, the last part that we thought of. Mm. And then, like... Because we had been so careful in our planning, we were able to make everything still feel like it fit together and was conceived of together. Because I guess the, technically the idea of the video initially was that your your store had closed, so you needed to right, find a new right. place to go. Yeah, it was more about yeah. And so by the end, it, it became a, a a a commentary on how how things. Over five thousand years of history of China yeah. can mean like your salon is up one day and working perfectly, and the next day we just went to go to our favorite coffee house, the Mango, that, yeah. that, that we've been we relied on now for a couple of years, not many years, yeah. just a couple. That like this is a really nice place that we like to go. Some of our stuff is filmed there. We like to film there. We like to write there. Well, let's go there for the afternoon to work. Oh, it's close. Yeah. So we go to the one next door. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how it works. Yeah. And then the other segment from that I'd like to talk about is Screen Boo Screen, mm -hmm. which is just something silly that came to me. I feel like this is another one of those small cultural differences that you wouldn't mention and so you wouldn't know is different. But, like, in America, you would not think of opening a window without having a screen in it. At least where, you know, where I've Unless you're I've not, lived. like... like throw something at somebody. Yeah. And here in China, now we have, as we've seen, we have screens in some of our windows, but, like, it's not a given. And it is, like... Most of our houses before this... It's fine screens. to open... Like, even a new place that we lived in just was not... There were not screens. Yeah, it's fine to open the window and not have a screen. And it just is, like... That's... <laughs> that was funny to me. And then, like... I kind of went through the ideas because what made me think of it is that like the kids have started showing up with mosquito bites on their faces mm. and I have mosquito bites on my ankles and stuff. Um, and that image, we don't, this part of China, there's no malaria, so like no one's worried about it. But I feel like if you were less than genuine, you could make like a really exploitative like look at these poor children. <laughs> like, no, they just have mosquito bites. <laughs> They're fine. Um, but the and like even even children in countries where they do have to worry about malaria are still children and having a good time. Like, oh, maybe they got maybe illness is more. But more of the idea of like those poverty commercials paint such misery. Whereas like, I don't it's, know. Kids got a mosquito bite in his face. Yeah, there's something about like I don't know. Ex exploiting misery. That, well, and, that's and, annoying. <laughs> yeah, and the the it it, it it is everywhere. Like we thought it was funny because we we went around and we counted the screens. Like as we were talking about it, we're like, yeah, most of our houses have never screens. And you think about like professional, our, our schools didn't have any screens. Even the brand new school that was made doesn't have screens. You are the police station doesn't have screens. 
Like, yeah. Like the, yeah. it's not actually a thing that's thought of. Like if 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 anything, just because you don't want to be annoyed when you go to sleep, you would put up maybe a, a decorative tent around your bed. Uh, not like you're camping, but I mean like you know yeah. something that uh, you go to a store and buy a nice one just to keep out the mosquitoes while you sleep, but you want the windows open as much as possible because we live in a dank area that's surrounded by water of the two rivers. Yeah. And everything's going to be moldy, so you keep the windows open. And so why would you bother with screens? It's not like the bugs are going to get out and give you malaria, get in and give you yeah. malaria. Like they're just going to bite the crap out yeah, of your you face to, in the night. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you have to come up with some kind of um, alternative reason for... In any event, we we don't need screens here, apparently. Well, we and, that, and that's, so, like, yeah, as you can hear, I don't really have a coherent thought about the, the, the exploitation of the imagery of poverty. So we didn't pursue that idea. More, I just wanted, like, a dumb idea that, like, raised, raised the issue that it is a question, do you have a screen or not? Mm. Um, and then it also... This Peter and I had a little disagreement about um, in that we didn't explain it in the video, but I'm going to explain it now. Go um, in Chinese, xing bu xing means is that okay or not? Um, and screen to screen to me kind of sounds like that, but without explaining that in the video, because I was like, that's an Easter egg for if you study Chinese. And Peter's like, but that's funny. Well, don't you want everybody to get it? <laughs> I said no. <laughs> So that was my judgment. Well, we also um, couldn't figure out a, a, a clever way that was obvious enough to it, it's kind of you either get it or you don't. Right, because I, I feel like ex, like that explanation maybe you you like knowing that, but like it's not funny to explain that mm. to you. And it, like I don't know if then you're like go watch it and you're like oh this is hilarious. Oh my God. But then we did have the idea just a, it's, there's no link, so don't search for it between these two ideas that this was going to be a law and order parody. <laughs> like, I don't even remember how that happened. I don't either. <laughs> but I think you suggested it and then it was just like it was true. We just and then, had to do it. Yeah, and then so Peter that music is all Peter. He 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 didn't write it but he parodied it and, and played all the instruments. Yeah at that digitally. point uh, which I, I don't like actually doing I don't like learning cover tunes. I don't like playing other people's compositions. But like at that point, it was just like, well, okay. So for some reason, we decided that this would be funny, and we so and we can't. You have to cover it. You can't take somebody else's for licensing, and it would be stealing. Yeah. So oh crap! Now I got to learn a song. Well, I guess I'm doing that. So that's like uh, to go back to discipline mm -hmm. of like here's what the bit is like. And now I'm going to have to sit there and be like, okay, so... What does that bass line do? Oh, oh my God, this is so irritating. <laughs> but it, the payoff of, like, at the very least of the joke, it sounds like a funny keyboard version yeah. Of, yeah. of the parody. So it pays off of... The discipline paid off. Yeah. The, and the commitment. Like, why are we so committed to Law & Order? But it's funnier because Peter wrote wrote out and played out the, the, the tune. And... The flute part is intentionally quite different from how it actually sounds. Well, there's, there's two, there's, I think, uh, essentially, I think it's a clarinet. The, oh, yeah, maybe. The, is, 
one line is the correct one that you hear, but I put a, a double line, which is the theme that we're using for the main video for the haircut. Mm -hmm. So there's like a harmony part that like if you were to follow it is give or take mostly the same as the, the, the theme that the video starts off with. Yeah. So that's me kind of defiantly like I'm not just gonna learn the exact song. <laughs> I'm gonna stick But I, I think it, it's it I liked that he did that for two reasons to show like we didn't just like record this from somewhere else. You broke it down and recreated it yourself, mm. and so you recreated it with an imperfection to show that it's ours. Mm. But then also that imperfection links it sonically with our other stuff, which I thought right. was really. Cool. Which is all stuff like that uh, again with discipline is that it's not anything that people are really gonna notice, and that's perfectly okay. Like we know what we've done with that. Like there's so much to putting together videos and media at this point where I think the audience expects a certain amount of professionalism that they don't even notice. I was like, the, uh, somebody, uh, an, another China vlogger, one of the more interesting ones, Globic, was doing just a basic piece on, on Walmart a few months ago. And, you know, I mean, it's interesting, I guess, if, you, if you're not from, if you don't live here, that like, oh, they have Walmart merch. That, but the, the story itself is like, yeah, Walmart's, they, it's a big store, it has walls, and there's stuff that you buy in it and everything. It's a mart. It's a mart and walls. <laughs> the, the, the interesting part is that he had put as, it was like 10 things in Walmart or whatever it was, the list, but his, in, his cards that situated in between the subjects were done with Walmart symbolism and logos, and, and the number, he like, he, he figured out the, 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 the correct font, typography. The, yeah. Yeah. And... And I noticed that as a designer, and was like, hmm, that's interesting, and <clears throat> commented about that, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll, thanks for noticing, like, most people never notice that stuff. I was a graphic designer, like, I knew it! Like, <laughs> it's that kind of interesting stuff that if you do a good job, no one's gonna, no one's gonna know. Yeah. But it's that one person out there that goes like, oh, I see what they did, that was pretty clever. Well, I think also, if most people are not gonna consciously notice, but I think it is something that that extra detail is going to make it more satisfying, even if they don't know why it's more satisfying. Right. And I think, to get back to our bit, it is like, it's one of the silliest things we've ever done. Mm -hmm. And it is like, it only works because we've, we fully committed to it. And then we just, like... It's one of the only parodies that we've done. Ever. Yeah. But then, like, having done that, we were like, Oh yeah, we like being silly. Let's be silly. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe more of that. Not that exact thing. But. <laughs> no, now we're just going to do Law and Order parodies. Yeah. Um, but you want to go onto stuff happening in China? Stuff happening in China. Yeah, we don't have a card for that. Um, what do we do? What's that? That's the name of a video that we're going to talk about as part oh, of commentary. Oh, right. Wait, we're yeah. still in the... Okay. We're still in commentary. But, yes, yeah, Stuff Happening in China is the name of a music video that Peter posted this week that the footage all comes from a the And Then Now raw footage for our, our segment And Then Now, which we feature in a lot of videos since the fall was one that, that rolled out. Um, the way we film those, or I film those, is I take my phone, I put it on my little gorilla mini tripod, and I find a place where people are, and I just put it down for about two minutes, usually sometimes shorter, 
sometimes if I can see like a cute baby is coming, I'll leave it till like the baby passes in front of the camera. But I, I usually just, aim just, for just really quickly. The title is "Foreigner Watching the Chinese Streets." Oh, it wasn't titled that earlier. Earlier today. Yeah, I just checked before. Oh, then we're talking about a different video. Stuff happening in China. I know the title, though. And then now it comes from a foreigner watching the Chinese streets. Oh, I thought that was stuff happening in China. I don't know. I, I can't. Go, let's just talk about, because we haven't talked about stuff happening. And then now. Continue. Well, whatever we're talking about. And then now. Talk, talk about that one. Um... I am talking about yes. that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll just plop the camera down and then see whatever happens in front of my camera for, you know, that two minutes. And then I take it home and Peter extracts five seconds from each of those two minutes. But this video, we just let them all run out. So you can just, it's lazy people watching. Um, and it's a lot of, and Peter gave it a treatment, which, do you want to talk about that? Oh wait, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm... I'm, I'm confused. There, yeah. There's, there's, two, I know, there's, there's two that are using and then now ideas. Oh, uh, okay. That's what's going on. Uh-huh. So the one, yes, you're talking about is stuff happening in China. Yeah. And, I knew I was right. <laughs> and, yeah, that, that, that's more of an amalgam of many of them. The, the one before that we were talking about was where you can see the end. That's the song and then now. These are the videos oh, okay. for Envin. Yeah. That's the difference. That's what that. So the song for stuff happening is... Is Chinese... Foreigners looking at Chinese people. No, what is the song that is in stuff happening in China? Keep talking. Uh, but I, uh, I need this answer from you. It is. <laughs> a little bit of... A little bit of searching. It's about time. It's from the time video, the, the time... Okay, okay. The song. Yeah. From the time. Yeah. <laughs> and which I feel like is appropriate because... There was a reason for And it. then now is all about, like, taking the time to watch what's happening in a moment. Um, and now is a moment. So is now. <laughs> um, so that's a fun video. And then the other music video from this week is Sassy Girl. Oh, yeah. Which was our first video... Where I actually sing on it, and we wrote that together, mm -hmm. I think. Yep. Um, and it was an, a challenging recording setup because we don't, as we've discussed in the past, we don't have like super duper audio equipment. We have a, a Zoom H4N field recorder, um, and we record. We needed we needed our computer to be on to play the backing track so I could hear and then sing at the right time. But our computer is super old and the fan is really loud. So I had to like take the recorder out into the hallway and then like I had the headphones on. And so it was really... You definitely don't have a sound studio. Yeah, it was a very challenging setup, but you know, we've made it work. Um, and as we work through that, much like you were saying at the beginning of this video that we have... We're, we're looking into microphones, and at that point, we will be doing a lot more music video with lyrics and, and, and singing. And stuff yeah, like. yeah. Um, and then the footage from this comes from um, our video, What Are You Doing in China? Um, but actually, I like that video as a video, um, and we've talked about that in the past. But I think it, this really works, like if this was a pop song this would work as its music video. It's like, it's strange, 
Um, but I think it, it's it's me in different situations because I am the sassy girl. Um, different strange situations. And then we got we have a lot of footage of it's actually Peter on our balcony, our twenty eighth floor balcony, filming me crossing the street. Um, down the street, any, which it was kind of amazing our, that we could get that shot. But any of our many many videos of you going to the grocery store, yeah, that essentially is the that's yeah. I'm up top, but she's down at the bottom. Yeah, and our um, zoom works that well, as on the, by by fireplace. The, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our Sony camcorder, and that's our digital, the digital zoom. It's not close. I'm not near the uh, the apartment where Peter's filming me. Half a block away and 28 floors up. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we're pretty proud of that. It's pretty cool. Uh, And it's a fun fun little music video with, you know, it implanted in us the desire to do more. So Yeah. um, Yeah, getting back to actual, like, pop songwriting is, and this kind of, like, goes along with, like, the Law and Order thing of, of... what we were talking a lot about last night of a lot of the more artistic YouTube vlogger, not vlogger, but YouTube artists out there at the moment tend to mix music with skits and vlogging and commentary. Like it's just a natural thing, which is like, I mean, we music is already integrated in what we're doing, and yeah. that's kind of like where we set aside of like, oh, we should have a different channel, Western Toilet, the band should be over here, and it shouldn't be, but now that we're like, no, it makes so much more sense that they're back together, that, that they're not, they're not separate things, it's all part of the art, it's all part of the story, and, you know, if that divides our audience, I, I don't care, like, that's not actually <laughs> what we're doing art for. Yeah, um, but it does seem to be acceptable in the format of YouTube to, to make comedy sketch videos and music videos yeah, at least in, the, in the, the, the company that we want to keep and yeah. it's not even that new because like I mean like that, uh, there's not that much difference than like I don't know like Yacht Rock of 10 years ago or something like yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same or even SNL like forever yeah music and comedy have a natural affinity so expect more music and more comedy and more comedy <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's take it to watch it watch it watch it We gave you a homework assignment last week to watch the show The Last OG, starring Tracy Jordan. Um, no. <laughs> tried, what? I tried so hard not to say that. Tracy Morgan. Um, I confused him with his 30 Rock character. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the show as a whole, but then specifically episode 10 of season 2, which was a Do the Right Thing parody. Um, and so just to set up the show, the premise is Tracy Morgan's character was a low-level drug dealer who went to jail 10 or 15 years ago, and then he's just got out, and then his neighborhood in Brooklyn in the meantime has been completely gentrified. Um, so he has to kind of readjust to living in the gentrified neighborhood, um, which, you know, it's a funny premise. Mm, yeah. Or or it could be a very sad and dramatic presence, pre- premise. Well, and um, just to start off, that's kind of what is what works and doesn't work for the show is that it, it's somewhere teeters all the way through two seasons now. Yeah. Of, of really poignant points to make and funny. Like, there's it's, it's leading up to something that's 
a big important point through really wacky circumstances and it's kind of hard it's like a knife's edge of like what yeah. side is it landing on every episode yeah. scene to scene sometimes yeah. so it's very uneven but always there's something interesting going it's very on. yeah it's 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 flawed but very interesting in how it's flawed and i would say that the second season has been a lot better than the mm-hmm. first season and part of why the second season has been so much better is they've really invested in that neighborhood world and established he lives in a halfway house now and so they've really built out that the other halfway house residence and then his ex-girlfriend is also now kind of gentrified. She has a good, fancy job, and she's married a white guy. Um, but she has his kids, which is... I mean, Brings Tracy into the, yeah. the everyday life of Yeah, the so there's, like, kind of a reason for him to be interacting with this family, whereas, like, it's his ex-girlfriend, so, like, they don't naturally have a reason to be together. Um, but so they've built out the world of the halfway house, they've built out the family, they've built out... The neighborhood a lot. Um, and his career is he's a, he learned to be a chef. Yeah, he was a chef in the prison, prison and then and now, now he has a food truck, which is a very Brooklyn idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, like, the premise of the show is just so interesting. Um, and and the, the, the episodes that work the best are the ones where they focus on, like, the, the interactions of these kind of two worlds colliding. Um there was a particularly good one where they brought his son, he and white dad. <laughs> I'm sorry if that's blunt, but they, they go to a black barber shop, um, and the show is set there, and they explore the culture of the black barber shop, but the barber shop has also gentrified with the times, and they do, like, mustache waxing for <laughs> hipsters, and it's like, they really, like, that's, they re- when it's working, they really mine a lot out of, Kind of the culture clash of, mm-hmm. um, of those worlds, which even uh, even like the idea of going from a, a jailhouse cook to somebody who's on a level of they they had a lot of episodes where he's taken his skill to some kind of up and coming shishi restaurant mm-hmm. and they're like oh but you have a record yeah and, but then he wows them through some kind of like you know Mars bar cake that he's made or something yeah. and everyone realize that there's like some kind of skill for that but then he's always just like one step away usually like it's his, his goofball cousin or yeah, or, or yeah. something that like will mess things up for him or and just just complete snobbery i think they had an episode where a, a fancy restaurant stole his recipe rather oh, yeah, than yeah. hiring him um and so the idea of him going to the street now and making a, a, his own truck themed on being what, what's it called the, the Last meal on wheels. Yeah, and like it's prison orange, and it's uh, yeah. So it it it, 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 it marries the two themes. So he's gentrifying himself. He's doing his best to be on the up and up in a way that he can use the skills that he's learned from where he's in. And so the communities themselves are 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 coming. Well, it's definitely about adapting and surviving, um, because it it is. As a fact, you know, that, that gentrification has happened to this neighborhood and it happens in many neighborhoods. Um, and there are things we can do to prevent that. There are things we can do to protect the original uh, denizens of these neighborhoods. But there's also, I don't know, it's a thorny issue. Well, it, um, there's like a certain amount of like... And people, co- people coexistence in it, is, is... People in it want to embrace, like, there's... 
yeah, there's a guy that's working in the bus, but the the barber shop that has decided that he likes to do hipsters' mustaches. Like, yeah, like it's interesting because we see that living in a small town here, where, like, there there's so much of like, well, they're they're pushing old people out of their homes or whatever. Like, some of those old people actually want to move to a new apartment and have air conditioning and and some kind of TiVo or something like that. Like, they, right. They, Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that like it's all bad. And where do you where where do you lose the original culture but yeah. gain modern uh, facilities that everyone can enjoy both? Right, right, yeah. So it the and I think it it pulls its punches sometimes, and it's um, Tracy Morgan, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> is not the strongest actor. He's like you can tell he's at his best. When he's just kind of doing a stand-up routine, mm. and that that's kind of like ancillary to the what's actually going on, but the 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 rest of the cast is pretty strong actors. In there. He's essentially anything that he's been in. He's he's basically a catalyst, right? For yeah, yeah, of some kind. Um, but so this most recent episode uh, was a parody of "Do the Right Thing," which I thought was very interesting, and and kind of amplified what they're successful at, but then also some of their flaws in that um, they had a really fun opening. So Tiffany Haddish is the ex-girlfriend, and she's just, she's hilarious. And she does the Rosie Perez dance, (laughs) and then you zoom out, and she's at an exercise class with a backdrop that looks like Brooklyn Brownstones, and the rest of the class is, like, waiting for her. And it is, like, it's that perfect joke of, like, this once was this, but now it's exercise classes. But she goes to the exercise class, so it is, like... It's a, it's she's a, lost herself in a moment of like, yeah. like watching that. Like there, there is like, oh my god, I love that movie. And yeah. then you're like, oh, but you're in, you're in yoga class. Yeah, yeah, and, class. and so it is. That's like that's that line of like the social commentary, but also it's funny, but also it's complicated. But and so that like that's you know perfect. And opening. using using do the right thing as a template for that story, you. They have been building that up for two seasons. Yeah. Up to the point where it ends up, spoiler, in, in a, a, a street riot of some sorts. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the culmination of these two series. Ends with, basically, the movie, Do the Right Thing. Yeah, because there is... The show, because it's it's a TBS show, um, I think. It's on, it's on, you know, it's a broadcast television mm. TV show. It's not, it's not super, it's not The Wire. It's not, like, yeah. <laughs> tensions bubbling, barely contained. Yeah, the, but the street riot is, like, wacky, like, people getting popcorn thrown at them. Yeah, but there is, there is that real tension there. Um, you, for a second, we actually thought Method Man was killed. Yeah, it, and, you know, that, that was, I said to you, like, because Method Man is a, a character. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Method Man came on to say. Method Man was a character introduced in the previous episode. But it was like, this show is so tonally inconsistent that I could believe this is a sitcom that we just watched a character get murdered. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's like... Turned out okay. And then he, he didn't get murdered. But, like, the, that's where the tone for me sometimes is, is a little bit... Um, all over yeah, the place. Which, and, 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 like, maybe that, that is, like... Are, are are we projecting like we're too sensitive about like oh wow that's serious like yeah they could be just being like come on it's a joke like we're not gonna well kill but it's not him, it's but... not a joke because the the tension is there yeah. and they ended the episode 
pre-credits with a list of people killed by police violence mm-hmm. in 1989 and 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they were they were not shying away from making a statement about violence and about violence towards people of color um, by the police. Mm-hmm. And they do make pains to establish there's a white police officer who Tracy makes a connection with and then who ends up pulling another police officer, another white police officer mm-hmm. off Method Man. So it's not, they are... And then he gets asked to leave the police force or decides oh, he, to? Oh, he, he quits because then he knows, like, because he intervened, mm-hmm. he knows that the, the, the other police don't have his back. Yeah. So it is, that's a pretty gutsy Powerful, statement yes. to make. But they do, they also tried um, for, for even-handedness sake to, to have the, the white, have a white police officer be a hero. Mm-hmm. And to show that it's not all white people against all black people. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I guess is responsible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But it, it's a complicated, complicated issue. And I, I don't know, it was a tonally... The fact Abrupt and and it was do the right thing from the beginning, so you knew some kind of confrontation was mm-hmm. coming. So it was like yeah, they did plenty of like it's uh, everyone's bacon in the summer heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have oh, the the guys in uh, in front of the the red wall. The red wall, yeah. yeah that was <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, the show itself overall is it's it's funny. Sometimes it gets like ridiculous Keystone Cop funny, which is like mm, yeah, but. The the where it's where it, it, it definitely has an intention of going is um, and, and I think like you're saying like with, with with Morgan himself like in the second season they've they've drawn him back and given a lot more uh, uh, meat to all the other characters yeah it's so less about his specific journey of, and and yeah more about the community is a good word I think yeah. Um, that's so, what made it stronger. And then he it is just like this, everything's based around him. It's his food cart. He, yeah. He's employing his relatives. He's trying to take care of his kids. His kids are, they're so fun to watch. That yeah. whole family is so fun. Even white dad. Yeah. He's like, coming to his own, <laughs> like, landing. <laughs> that actor plays white dad or white boyfriend in, like, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that down. Um. But yeah, they've even like fleshed out his character more, even though I can't think of what his character name is. <laughs> um, but it was an ambitious swing, and the the total inconsistency I think um, maybe kept it from from being like a total success. I would say, mm. um, but it was like a really interesting choice and a very bold choice, I think. Um, yeah, because that's that's a that's an iconic movie. Oh yeah. And so. Um, to pay tribute to that. And then, you know, police violence is a serious, mm. serious issue. Um, and divisive issue. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, um, a, it's a good show all around. It's not, it's not, I mean, it, it can go wildly from episode to episode. Like, I think we, we, de- we did go from like, oh, maybe we're going to stop watching this one because this episode was so bad. And the next one blew our mind. Yeah. And the next yeah. one's okay. And the next one's pretty good. And the next one's amazing. And the next one's all yeah. So it's it's all over the place, but I definitely feel like I I'm getting. Well, it's on the trajectory of there's more more better episodes mm. as the as the show has. Which, gone as on. we've known, with things like AP Bio, means it's probably about to be canceled. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, if we're endorsing it, it's probably going to get canceled. But it's, it's, I think, like, it was a premise that, like, sounded rife for parody. Mm. And then, so we stuck with the first season because the premise, we wanted that to work out so good. So well. And we love Tracy Morgan. And we love Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish, I think. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she, she deserves all the fame she's getting. She's so funny. Yeah. Um, she's got that character like and so but it was like really great to see the second season be so improved and I hope there's a third season I hope it just keeps even even because it's it's I think more than just like social commentary or putting together a funny episode that it this is also like a pretty creative way to go Mm -hmm. instead of just like we have a basic sitcom format. Let's stick with that. Like, they're not... They show all signs. The writing staff, the acting staff, the directing staff, all, everyone, cast and crew, mm-hmm. craft services. They, they, It seems like they are invested in the show and that it's it's growing in really interesting ways. Yeah, like... Um, like um... I don't know. I, like, I do feel like there are, are shows that are growing. I mean, we've seen it over the... the couple of years that it's been on like blackish is like gone from like it's a family show to like they definitely have a point of almost every episode of like we're going to deal in some kind of historic moment that we think is important to yeah, talk about yeah. that doesn't get talked about it certainly not on mainstream tv mm-hmm. and entertainment so um and uh this not that we're done finishing talking about this but i feel like putting serious things into what's going to be our homework for next week tuka and birdie mm-hmm um, seems like it's just a, a silly, abstract, surreal cartoon that instantly goes into dealing with characters and some some pretty interesting development that is oftentimes scary. Like right. the 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 last OG has these parts where you're just like, I'm just watching a goofball comedy. Like, oh my god, actually, I'm 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 getting some kind of feeling about this that like. Right. I don't get from a sitcom. Well, and I I think uh, as as audience members, as white people, we're white. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I like seeing these stories from different perspectives. I I think diversity is only good. The, our our experiences are not all the same, and it's it's like I was saying about like that. It's effort to connect with someone else's culture. We have that in America that, that we have all these different cultures living side by side. And we just have to do that work to try to connect with people, but that work can be really rewarding. And if that work is watching TV, then that's even easier. (laughs) Um, and so like for me to, to get to eavesdrop on all these different kinds of lives is like, I like that. And then as a creator, especially a creator of, of something very silly that we do actually have a broader point about. It's nice to see how sitcoms um, can present serious issues but still be funny. Or that sitcoms, silly things can be about real things too. Mm. Um, so that's inspiring and, and Which does interesting kind of to me as well. Transfer back to what we're we're talking about of, of where we're trying to go now is trying to find out, trying to write characters that we can put in situations that can learn about these things. They can be mundane. They can be surreal. Mm-hmm. But rather than us just flat out like, hey, we're in China. Where are your China guys on on the on the you know on the ground? 
like that doesn't actually interest in us. Yeah. We're we're more interested in like what do these situations look like from from our point of view and not the average you know Well, I, I think that's in our in our ethos of no explanations is mm. that if I, the the cultural the multicultural communication to be done isn't explaining, it's listening. Yeah. And it's watching. Yeah. Um and then, like, so I, watch, watch us. <laughs> which is <laughs> but, why, and then now is maybe the, the the thing that we're most attracted to that we do is just yeah. like us sit on the street, and you just take shots of people, and then I right. like edit it down to the, the ten seconds of that half an hour that you've you've gotten of like that right. was a person doing a thing. Right, and the and the, that in our in our other pieces, it is us. We're centering us, but that we're not we're not trying to tell not show we're trying to recreate a small situation that conveys the feeling of not knowing Mm, we're not not defining i feel like i'm about to jump off into a real deep (laughs) we're not trying to define like a a situation that blankets every circumstance and every person we're we're trying to like be like hey i noticed this weird thing like we're trying to explore the small moments and that there's no no definition to it. Is, right. is There's something there and that's for you to connect with how how you like to. I don't... For, for two reasons, I don't want to do that work for you. Mm. I don't want to... I don't want to tell you what to think or to take away from my art. And also, like, that's a lot of work for me to do. Yeah. I, I can just, like... Give you something and you interpret it. Right, it's your job. It's, it's definitely important if you're looking to move over here and you want to know what are the best apps to use for whatever things that you need to get done. Yeah, we it's go, WeChat. Yeah, <laughs> we understand. <laughs> we understand that, but you know that's not what we're doing this for. We're we're more like interested in those little <laughs> tiny moments, which are like going back to something like comedy and music and stuff. It's those silly little moments of like. Like a classic Seinfeld of like whatever happened to that other sock? Is it hiding in the dryer? Like yeah. it's a, yeah, it, it, it's that. What did ever happen to that? Where did that extra screw go? Where does that? Yeah. that we did this get up. Where did that? Uh, where did the knife go? Who keeps, oh yeah, who yeah, keeps stealing, stealing our, our knives. Knife? Like, <laughs> that, why does that happen? Does, yeah. is that China happening to us? Like it yeah. doesn't actually make any sense other than like this is a moment that we're trying right. to convey rather than like. Be careful of your knives. Right, right. Well, and and so like we, Peter and I are not at risk of human human. We're not at risk of of police brutality. So that's not our story. That we'll watch that story. We'll mm. recommend that story. Mm-hmm. But we are. So what we are trying to convey is as that these little human moments are happening all over the world to everybody. Um, that's our that's our shared. That's what Lot we find life. interesting. Yeah. We're yeah. people watchers. We yeah. we like to go sit in the park and watch people. Yeah. Um so watch uh, the last OG. <laughs> <laughs> um and as Peter mentioned, your homework for next week is the Netflix series Tuca and Birdie. It's an animated series by created by Lisa Hanawalt, who is the art director, I believe, for um Bojack Horseman. She's responsible for why Bojack looks the way he looks. Um, and she's and in a she's a really cool way, cartoonist. In a completely different way, it's just as good. Yeah, yeah, and a, a content warning of cartoon boobs. Ooh. If that kind of thing offends you, it's just body parts. That's part of the <laughs> feminist message. 
Um, yeah. But they are there. It starts up from the beginning. It'll warn yeah. you right away. Yeah, there's well, <laughs> they're not titillating, but they are there. Um, so yeah, noodles. Mm -hmm.